What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Circle of Slime, the COS as you know it. It's me, your boy Skinny. I'm joined by Jazzy J, Ozzy Yo. Fresh, and uh, Ozzy, you always have a, a name for the day it is, so what are we going with today? It's a double victory Taco Tuesday! Hey, you Baby, go. It's a we got double the whammy. Dub, and we got the U.S. men's national team dub as well. Victory Tuesday. You... <laughs> Yes. Hey. hey, let's get it, baby. <laughs> let's go, man. Uh, the spirits are good around here. Um, the Dolphins got a dub on Sunday. Oh, uh, boys, we spoke about it last week on the episode that uh, coming off a bye, um, the Texans are a terrible team. Um, they showed that themselves on Sunday. My God, they just on every level, they just looked really bad. The Dolphins look superior to them, but we just spoke about um how the Dolphins needed to come out and establish their dominance and good teams beat bad teams, as we always say. And, um, geez, this is happens to be a trend on the show. Um, Ozzy, I know you're on my side and we don't like this, but I think Jason said that Tua was going to be on the bench in, what, the third quarter or something like <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, he sure did. And, uh, <laughs> sure enough, the Dolphins routed the Texans and went off to a, a 30 to nothing. um at the half, thirty enough at the half. Honestly, I think Tua played too long. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And there was a position where I think he got sacked three straight times. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was bad. Crazy. It was crazy. Bad. Crazy. So, um, before we get into all this, uh, Dolphins talk and World Cup talk, um, just want to say shout out to all the listeners. Uh, we're gonna have a little fun today. We're gonna open the line. Um, if there any, if there's anybody out there who wants to ask a question, whether it's about the FIFA World Cup, um, your favorite team, uh, unfortunately, if it just so happens to be the Jets, we will take those questions and uh, we'll try and give some answers today. But um, not yeah, about so, Iran. <laughs> but uh, what I'm, I'm going to do? Sorry, sorry, Iran. That's right. <laughs> So uh, to all the live listeners, if you're out there and you want to um, chime in on the show, if you're on YouTube or Twitch, uh, check out the comment section. There'll be a link there and uh, you guys can join the show and just we'll field some questions. Whoever feels like calling in. But um, as we said, we're going to talk a little bit of Dolphins and NFL. Um, first things first, um, takeaway from this week 12 victory over the Houston Texans. Um, Jason, I'll come to you first. Give me your initial takeaway. They looked amazing. They looked exactly what like we thought they would look like. And not only that, but more impressively is that the addition of Bradley Chubb is we're seeing the effects and it's clearly making the defense that much better. And more importantly than that, it's freeing up Jalen Phillips to actually be that player that we've been waiting for him to become. He's no longer being double teamed anymore. He's now getting one on ones, getting more tricky ways to get to the quarterback. And we're seeing that motor now. Um, the defense in general just looks looks great i think the uh there's a little concern with the tackles being out but i have all the confidence in mike mcdaniels that that'll get worked out with the game planning and the practicing this week and and i think the dolphins have earned the benefit of the doubt that that we should have that mentality that it's like oh man crap now we got to go backwards no i think we we're in a good position with our guy and and i they played exactly how we wanted and we thought that they should play. They beat up a bad football team, and they looked yeah. good doing it. Uh, first things first, before I come to you, Slime, on that, I just want to say something about Bradley Chubb. There was a play that he made where he got the sack fumble. Um, that's a play that 
only elite players make. Like you're not getting that from Emmanuel Ogba or like uh, the other. I was subs thinking Jason Taylor. Like when I yeah, saw it, I'm like, that's a play JT makes. Yeah, man, that that play. Another guy Absolutely. would just go for the the regular sack. You know what I'm he saying? And ball. just get the sack. He went for the ball, and it was a beautiful play. Slime, I'm gonna come to you for your initial take, but it looks like we have somebody on the hotline, and uh, let's bring them in real quick and let them ask their question. I know when that hotline ring. <laughs> what up? What up? You're on the circle of slime. Go at it. What's Keep going it up. on, slimes? What's up? Long What's time, up? Long, long time listener, boys. I, I, I know what that, boys. Doing. <laughs> One quick question. One quick question. See, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I want to know: Are they the real deal or not? Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. Appreciate the call, fellas. Cowboys, where we at on this slime? Um, we're gonna get to your initial dolphin take first, but uh, let's uh, let's please the callers real quick. Hypothetically speaking, if the Giants, uh, excuse me, if the Cowboys were to meet Philly in a playoff game, like who are you putting your money on right now? Honestly, man. Putting it on Dallas, bro. I, wow. I think Philly is Philly showing these signs of the Vikings, right? Where just they're just not looking as impressive as the season goes on. Granted, they're playing better teams, and that's obviously a big reason why. Uh, and Dallas is just clicking on all cylinders right now. Their running game is just beyond elite at the moment. Tony Pollard's breaking out to be, you know, one of the best studs in the league. And then when he can't finish the job, who they got in the backfield as well is Zeke Elliott. Uh, their defense has been just phenomenal. Michael Parsons is a shoe-in for defensive player of the year. You know, Trayvon Diggs doing what he does every game as well. And I just I feel like they have the whole package. The only thing stopping them really is Mike McCarthy and his play calling. So we'll <laughs> see if if that's the reason why they don't take it to the promised land. Yeah, I think that's a solid fucking take. And for you to just you just put like the icing on the cake when you ended it, the whole Mike, Mike McCarthy thing. I, I got to agree with you, man. I think if I had to put my money on it right now, even if it's a road game, defense travels. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs. Um, this Dallas Cowboy team is playing phenomenal defense on every level from the front seven to the secondary. Like you said, Tony Pollard is cooking. That run game is heating up. Um Dallas is a team that I do not want to face. What is Jason? I ask you in the playoff game. What are the two things? What is the two things from a team that you don't want them to be good at? Let's see if we're on the same page here. I don't want them to have a running game and I don't want them to have a hella defense. And no, Dallas has, they have that. <laughs> Dallas has yeah. all of that. And they have every ingredient to be a Super Bowl contender legitimately, especially we saw what they did against the New York Giants. We've been all year saying that they are a good team and Giants have a good defense, good running game. And they went in there and they pounded them. They're like, we're the big brothers. This is what we're going to do. I think this Sunday night, it's a primetime game against the Colts who have a very, very, very good defense and have been surging with Saturday. I know they lost this uh, past Sunday, but it's crazy. They're playing more energetic and lively, and I think this is going to be a big test for Dallas. I, I look at the Houston, or I look at the Colts the way I look at the Houston Texans, and I say to Thank myself, you. Dallas has to go into this game, and they got to win, because that team, even though they're hot and they're playing with energy, they're not a good football team, and Dallas should come out of that game with a W. So this is going to be a big test for them, but all in all, I do believe that Dallas this is a very, very, very good football team and a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, again, you put the icing on the cake the same way Slime did it. Um, the way you ended that when you said this reminds you of the Texans game. Um, I see that the Colts have been playing good the last couple weeks. 
but they, they still fucking suck. Right. They don't have their <laughs> captain. They don't have their captain on defense, Darius Leonard. Uh, wait, Slime, I think you Shaq said his Leonard, name. Baby. Jack Leonard. It was, a, it was a name change that just totally went over my head. But um, yeah, they're missing their captain on defense. And dear God, Matt Ryan, just that offense looks terrible. They do have Jonathan Taylor, but like you said, Jason, this is just reminds me exactly of the Houston scenario where Dallas needs to make a statement. Indy is coming into their house. They need to mop the fucking floor with them and continue to prove that they are for real. They are contenders and they mean business. Uh, Jason, you had one take. Yeah, in regards to Ozzy's claim uh, towards Mike McCarthy and his play calling, and we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, he has changed and turned around his play calling, and he's leaning more on the run game and not putting all that offensive pressure upon Dak to make the move. And I think if he continues doing that, then, yeah, everything we said, man, running game and defense, that's a dangerous team in the playoffs. It travels, too, whether you're at yes. home or on the road. That's going to go with you. All yep. right, real quick. We got another caller on the hotline. Let's bring them in and let's see what they got to say. What's yo, up? Yo. What's up? You're on the what's Circle of Slime on? show. Talk to us. What's Give going on? Can you guys I hear me? That voice. Yeah, 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 yeah I can hear you. Well. I know yeah, that yeah, yeah. sexy first little time, tone. First time caller, <laughs> long time listener, dog. <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. Welcome so to my the airwaves. So my question right now, guys, is all right, now – the Miami Dolphins right now, are, are they Super Bowl contenders following the great season that they've been going with Tua back on their center? All right. Let's have at it. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. All right, bro. All right, guys. Are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders? Uh, Slime, you didn't get your initial, we didn't get your initial take from uh, the Dolphins-Texans game, but um, I'll give this one to you first and let, me ha- let you have at it. The Dolphins are off to an eight and three start. They're first in the AFC East. They're second in the AFC. Two is leading almost every statistical category as a quarterback. Are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders? Or let's play with his question, pretenders. Oh, well, you're setting up a pretty easy answer for me there. I think obviously we are we are in the mix, right? It's all going to come down to our defense, right? And as we said last episode, the defense is continuing to gel and you're seeing it on the field. Granted, it was a shitty Texans team, but we're back getting interceptions. We caught two picks last game. You know, we're seeing the emergence of Jalen Phillips with some help on the other side with Bradley Chubb. Um, so it's all going to depend on that defense and that offensive line. Unfortunately, we saw in the second half of the Texans game, how different Tua looked when the, when he didn't have Teron Armstead or his right tackle with Austin Jackson there, even though he played like shit. But still, um, it, it shows how quickly that ball is going to have to come out. And uh, we, we can't have that against elite defenses, right? So we want to make sure that that offensive line gets healthied up. We get our run game back because obviously missing Mostert was a big deal. And then Jeff Wilson getting hurt as well was a big deal. So it looks like we're, we're running on fumes at the moment. So as long as everybody healthies up, you would think after the bye week, it would be the exact opposite that everybody's up and running. But it seems like we're actually losing guys post bye week. So as long as everybody can stay consistent and healthy and the defense can continue to cause turnovers and be disruptions to QBs, I think, Hell yeah, we have a hell of a chance. Because look what happened to Patrick Mahomes when he faced a good defense in the Super Bowl. He was inconsistent, and they fucking lost to Tom Brady and the Bucks and that fucking defensive line with Vita Vea and you know that secondary. It was just, just they didn't give him time. So as long as we can do that to other QBs, Josh Allen specifically, I think we have a great shot to be some Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I think you make a great point. Um, I, like you said, man, I really think it's going to come down to the offensive line and how they gel. I think. 
even if the defense doesn't play as great as we want them to, uh, guys, I hate to admit this, but we have an elite offense. And given, we can put up 30 a game. That's, we could. that's, that's what I'm saying. We, that's we can enough. go into a shootout. We can do that. But my main concern is that offensive line. And we saw in the second half how how just bad things can go. And uh, if we don't get T-Stead back, man, it's going to get ugly. Uh, we got another caller on the line. Uh, just hang tight for us. Jason. Uh, I want your take on the last caller's question. Are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders or pretenders? As, as a football fan, 100%. Uh, as a Dolphin fan, they are contenders. What they've been doing this year, what they have shown, the running game, the offense, the consistency, the additions they've made on defense, 100% they are Super Bowl contenders. But I believe that this three-week stretch is going to tell us so much about this team and how we come out of these next three road games. And I will say this, um, the, the, the Ozzy, you were correct. If the defense can continue to put pressure on the opposing team's quarterbacks, then that will make a difference. But in regards to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City situation, um, that offensive line Kansas City had was shot to shit in that Super Bowl. So, so it was ours. <laughs> <laughs> ours right now. Yes. Example, ours right I now. Yes. Without a good one. <laughs> but still, he uh, Patrick Mahomes is a special quarterback. But I, I digress. I, I think our our defense, our, our tackles are out right now. And it is going to affect us uh, in the game. But those injuries that we had and the way we saw them playing, those were in-game injuries. So I think now with a week of game planning, a week of practicing, getting that cohesiveness on the offensive line, putting together a good offensive system to go in there and attack uh, the 49ers defense, I feel very comfortable with our offense. Now, Teron Armstead, he's going to be out there saying two weeks. That That's going to tell us a lot, too, about what the coaching staff can produce going forward. But this next three-week stretch, we've been saying it. This is the gauntlet. So this is going to really tell us because, yeah, they beat a shitty Texans team. But if you kind of look at the teams they've been beating, they all kind of been shitty. And that's what we said about that stretch of that that schedule, that it was going to be bad teams. And good teams beat bad teams. And that's what we did. This is going to be the real test. And I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, one thing, I got to agree with Slime uh, when he says – when he says uh, – that the Chiefs had the really bad offensive line too. And um, Jason, I'm not going to let you get away with trying my boy like that. <laughs> yes, Patrick Mahomes is a special player, but so is Tua. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Look at that. Applauso. Applauso. Uh, oh, I'll take that one. I'll take we that got, one right on the chin. We got another. Oh, that's what she said. All right. Hey. <laughs> All right, man. We got another caller on the hotline. We're going to bring him in. Talk to us. You're on the Circle of Slime show. Hello, hello. Hey. First time caller, long time listener. How you guys doing? Clap it up, clap it up. Hanging in there. Let's go fill that circle, baby. So my question actually is in regards to what Jason was just saying about Armstead. Do you think that the Dolphins offense line is going to crumble this weekend against the 49ers without him? All right. Ooh, Thank you for the call. We'll go ahead and answer it. Appreciate the love and support. One time. No problem. Love you guys. Take care. All right. I want to take this one first, boys, because yeah, all right. I, I, I think you guys have a different take. So, Jason, you, you made a comment earlier in the beginning of the show. You said that at this point in time that you have to give the Dolphins the benefit of that, of the doubt. And I agree with you to a certain extent. 
But because of the situation that we're facing where you have the lack of protection from Tua, I think you kind of just throw that out the window because we saw what a bad Houston Texans team did. We have a phenomenal defense in the 49ers that we're traveling on the road to. Dude, Joey Bosa is going to fucking eat. Fred Nick. Warner is going to eat that defensive line. I think they have DeForest Buckner on that defensive line too. I think the benefit of the doubt actually goes out the window. And because it's just, it is what it is. You're going to have these backups coming in. And I don't think we can just lean on giving them the benefit of the doubt. You have to go with the product that's on the field and what's going to be on the field on Sunday. And me personally, because we don't have Armstead in, Austin Jackson is going to be out as well. I really think it's going to be an ugly game for us, and I'm not that confident that the offense is going to get moving this Sunday. Um, since I came at you for that one, Jason, um, I'll let you go first on the rebuttal. And to answer the question, let, let's start with the fact that Austin Jackson is a wash, and we can move on from that. Terrible. Um, Just we're a not first gonna, round bust. Yeah, that's not going to hurt us much. But the Teron Armstead, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and you're you, – your analysis comes from the way that they played in that second half when Ron Armstead was got. It was it was bad. It was bad. It was one hundred percent bad. But I feel like you're discounting the fact that it was an in-game injury, and it happened when you're in the game. You already have a game plan set. You have plays that you're going to use with certain players, and now you lose a key aspect. Your uh, captain on offense that throws off the entire system. That throws off the communication. You're putting in a backup who didn't get the same amount of reps during the practice week who didn't get the same game planning uh, during the practice week now he has to come in with the guys who have already been there they've been gelled this is all in game so i feel like if you give the team a week of practice you give um mcdaniel a week to game plan to set up a blocking system whether it be double teaming joey or chipping joey with the tight end or or having ingold play some kind of special aspect in regards to that uh, package that they're going to put together you give him that time and then you allow the product to be on the field i think that's where he deserves the benefit of the doubt let's see what he can come up with that's why i say that this three-week stretch specifically without armstead is going to tell us a lot about this team because mcdaniel not only do the players have to produce but he has to come up with a system that's going to subset the fact that we don't have our anchor on the left side of the line so let's see what he can do let's see what they can produce and we'll judge it from there and i think that's the benefit of the doubt that we have to give the this incarnation of the miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, you know, you make a very optimistic uh, approach and opinion, and I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I, I won't. I won't sell it. I won't discard it and throw it out the window. You make really good points. They'll have a whole week to make adjustments. Uh, they'll be able to come up with a different game plan. We might not be able to have to throw the ball. He almost threw the ball forty times in the first half last week. You know what I'm saying? It's the game plan is probably going to be different. Um, granted, these guys will have a whole week to practice. But, man, I don't see them getting much better in just a week's time. But I, I agree with you that um, yeah. when, you, when you phrase your statement of giving them the benefit of the doubt, um, you're right. They're 8-3 and three for a reason. Um, let them show us. Let's see if they can put something together to counter the injuries and deficiencies of the offensive line. And, um, yeah, I, I'm buying what you're selling, brother. I'm buying. Oh, <laughs> Fine. Uh, I, I'll let you have a take at the caller's um, question. 
Yeah, I think Jason kind of swayed me here too. I mean, look at it this way. There have been already games where we haven't had Teron Armstead where we've been successful with the offensive right. line this season. Uh, the guy hasn't been healthy all season. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not like this is new news to us. It's just kind of like it sucks that we're hearing it when the 49ers are on their fucking hot streak and we're going against the, like, the toughest part of our schedule for the whole season while he's yeah. out. So that kind of adds to you know, the imagery of fuck, we're, we're, we're fucked, you know, <laughs> for lack of better words. Um, but I agree with Jason, man. I think that, you know, the good thing about McDaniel is that he knows how to how to play with his talent. He clearly showed you what he can do with Tua. I'm sure he's going to be able to show you what he can do with some backups on the offensive line. And I think it's just going to come down to that. I think it's going to come down to whose defense is better, whose defense is going to do better against the starting quarterback of the opposite team. And that's who's going to end up winning the football game. So hopefully our run game stays consistent. We get Mozart and Wilson back. And, you know, we can alleviate some of that pressure off Tua because if not, he's going to have to get rid of that ball in less than two seconds. And uh, we're going to have to see how that goes. And, and I was just going to make that point. Tua's already got one of the quickest releases in, in the game right now. So if McDaniels has to come up with a system where it's like one, two balls got to be out of your hands, I have full faith in McDaniels and so Tua too. to be able to pull that off. And let's not forget the fact that McDaniels coming from San Francisco. So he knows a lot of the offensive play calls, the audibles that are going to be set on the line. I'm sure the defense is going to have that advantage going into this game so both defenses are going to play extremely well yeah i don't think it's going to be the last four or five games that we've been seeing where we're scoring 30 40 points a game you know two is throwing for 400 yards i think this is going to be 250 passing yards 270 passing yards with a shit ton of rushing yards and it's going to be a low scoring game it's going to come down to the kicker unfortunately and whose kicker you know do we really trust our kicker like that that's another conversation nope. we should have. i don't i don't <laughs> uh, slime you made a comment that i want to piggy piggyback up on um, in regards to what it's going to come down to, you say it's going to come down to which defense plays better. And I'm going to take a, a, a different take and a different approach at that, at what it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to what head coach comes up with a better game plan, schematically, game planning, game calling, play calling, time management. I really think this is going to be a game where I love the nerds this week. Yeah, the chess match. The nerds, <laughs> ultimate chess match. I, yeah, I think this is a game where McDaniel can flex his, his knowledge and really show what he's capable of because at the same time, as great as that San Francisco defense is, and we do have our deficiencies on the O-line, the guy leading their charge is still Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's going to have to go against our defense. And I think they run the ball heavy. A lot of it is short passes. I feel like when the Dolphins have been exposed, it's been like to the long ball, uh, the more 15 to 20 yard passing plays. So I really think it's going to come down to McDaniel and how he can scheme up a game plan where we have good clock management and we have good time of possession. And I know you guys think it's going to be a run heavy game, but without those two tackles, man, and Mostert, I'm not sure how successful our run game is going to be. So they're really going to have to grit it out, dug it out, really fight really hard as they're going to have to do in every single game. And like Jason said, it's so unfortunate that we're walking into this gauntlet after just a great performance, eight and three, two is eight and zero, oh, and we have to go into this gauntlet just so weak and without arguably our best player, Teron Armstead on the offensive line. Um, I'll ask for your takes in regards to what it's going to come down to and me saying it would rat. I think it's going to be more of a head coach battle. Uh, your take was you thought it's going to be who has the better defense. Um, if you want to rebuttal on that slime, I'll let you go first. No, no, I, I, I still 
stand by that, but you also make a great point that it is, it's in going to be in the battle of the nerds, right? You get, I think McDaniel's going to have that chip on his shoulder and he's going to be like, you know, I got this job for a reason. I got to get out of your shadow. I'm not just a product of you and I'm going to show you why. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, man. I think it's just going to be, a, you're, we're going to see some shit that we're going to be like, oh, you know, and it's going to be one of those games. So hopefully, you know, it's a fun one and hopefully we can come out with a dub because it's definitely not going to be easy. Yeah, Jason, I'm going to pass it to you so you could give your take on my take. But uh, to the audience, if you're just tuning in, the phone lines are open. There is a link to join the show in the comments section. If anybody wants to chime in and ask a question, hop on right in and we'll get you on the show. Uh, Jason, back to you. I agree with your point. This, I, I think to add to that, I think this is going to be a mirror type game. These teams are eerily similar to each other there from their go, offenses there. to the way they schematically go at it defensively. They, the, the playmakers that they have, they are very similar teams and they obviously come from the same Shanahan tree, you know, from his dad. So they have that lineage there. Obviously um, it's going to be a chess match, you know, like Ozzy said, the battle of the nerds, it's going to be who's got that one secret play that they didn't share with the other guy that they're going to pull it out in this game. That's going to help them win. You know, who's got that strategy strategy that idea and you know you you bring up the point of garoppolo uh, we went up against this team last year and our mm -hmm. defense though may have been a little bit different we shattered that dude and we took Destroyed him out him. of the game so mm -hmm. we made him look bad so i'm not worried about garoppolo i i think that that is their weak link and that's the deficiency that they're going to have to overcome ours is going to be the offensive line can we put up a schematic a scheme that can neutralize bosa and warner and and that defensive line that san francisco has so good man it's going to be interesting i'm not Hell of a so combo much. just yeah. from an offensive line question yeah <laughs> and to speak more on the off offensive line like you said jason i agree with you i'm not worried about jimmy garoppolo but what i am worried about is who i believe is arguably just hands down the best player in the NFL, regardless of position, is motherfucking Trent Williams. And then mm -hmm. you got fucking Kyle Juszczyk, who is uh, basically like our Ingold and CMC. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. They just lost Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, who mm -hmm. was just a great backup and giving some good spell to CMC. So um, maybe if CMC gets the load, who knows if he gets out early, uh, gets injury. We know he's injury prone. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of offensive line talk. I never thought we'd get here. But um, I'm definitely worried about that left side of the ball and Trent Williams. And it's going to be interesting to see Chubb, newly acquired, how he goes up against a future Hall of Famer in Trent Williams. You got something? Now, they only got one Trent Williams on that line. We got Chubb yeah. and we got Phillips and we got yeah. Ingram. So he can't block all three of them. Yeah, no, he'll he lock down one side. But that's where you got to be creative on the defensive side and the coaching aspect and just get these guys in there. Yeah, that's All right, uh, so we did our Dolphins talk. Uh, it's time for a little prediction. Um, Slime, give it to us, man. Dolphins versus 49ers, week 13. What is your prediction? Ooh, this is going to be a toughie because I'm kind of torn on if it's going to be a shootout, which I don't think it will be. So I think I'm going to keep it low score. I think I think we end up taking the dub with like a 17 to 13 score. I like it. I have to agree with you. If I was going to pick a score, it would be somewhere around there, 20 to 17, 17, 13. I don't see, I don't think we're going to see a lot of scoring. And if we do, I hate to say this Dolphins, but I think it's going to come at the hands of the 49ers. And um, I don't think we'll get routed. 
I'm just very fearful of that offensive line and the opportunities that the Miami Dolphins will be able to have. We're going to learn a lot early. You're going to see it from the beginning. The tone will be set, and I think what you see in that first drive, those first couple drives, what you see there, you're going to see for the rest of the fucking game, fellas. Um, I don't think there will be any halftime adjustments. I don't think you'll see a different team come out in the second half. Um, if it goes to shit with that offensive line early on, I- I'm calling it, man. I think that's what you're going to see for the rest of the game. So you're we got to seven- give them a half? Nothing? Nah, man. Because that offensive line, when it's like that, it's like that. You can't change that, Jay. It's just my opinion. And it, it showed, like, even against the fucking Texans, granted, you, you made your comments, and I agree with you, it was all in-game adjustments, but now we're going to see if it's live, that's just my take, man. If these boys can't hold up, is going to get hit, uh, we're not going to be able to move the chains, um, it's, it's going to get interesting. You don't so believe seven- in Tua's quick release? That two-second draw? You don't believe in it? I don't Are know, you doubting? Man. Are you Thomas a, right now? I'm not, Are you I'm doubting not doubt, Thomas? You, 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 know, you know I'm Tua's biggest fan. I ain't doubting oh. him, right? <laughs> nah, man, but like, it just, I, I'm just very scared, man. It left a bad taste in my mouth what I saw in, in that last game against uh, Houston, what they did to the poor guy. There was a couple times I thought I'm holding my breath because we've seen what's happened to before. Yeah, I'm yeah. so scared, bro. He got sacked. Three straight time, boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three straight times. That was ugly. Well, that was right. immediately after Armstead got hurt, though. Like immediately, it was the next three plays that he got taken down like that. We'll so, see. Let, we'll let, see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Absolutely. So we got a 17-13 from Slime. Is that correct? Correct. I'm gonna go with a 20 to 17. Um, mm-hmm. and I think the 49ers are gonna have the last possession. It's gonna <laughs> somebody said no one asked you. <laughs> 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 where, where's, where's the comments at? <laughs> uh, I think I don't know. I think that's in regards to uh, to Gerard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what you were talking to me, but uh, I could be wrong. But uh, no, I think perfect the 49ers, timing. I think the 49ers are going to have the last possession with a chance to win. I think it's going to come down to a fourth down situation with no more time on the clock. And I think the Dolphins' defense bends but does not break, and we come out with a victory. Jason, I'm going to pass it to you for your prediction. But before I do that, to the live audience, I'm going to just remind you guys one more time. um, If there's anybody that is listening and would like to join the show and you have a question in regards to the NFL, the FIFA World Cup, there is a link in the comment section. Hit that link and join the Circle of Slime. Uh, Jason, I'll pass it to you for your prediction of Dolphins 49ers. Yeah, real quick though, for all the fans out there, everybody listening, call in and I will whisper honey into you. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> all right, Dolphins 49ers. I think it's eh, <laughs> I think it's gonna be a 13 to 16 uh game. I think it's gonna come down to the field goal. Uh Miami's gonna come out, they're gonna steal this win. Jason Sanders, we're gonna be praying for him. There's oh. gonna be some incense being burnt, some sacrifice. Uh, we're gonna get the live chicken this time. We're not ordering KFC, and he's gonna make that <laughs> kick. We're gonna come out of there with a victory there we go all right man so we're gonna move on from the dolphins we're just gonna run through a couple games that i want to talk about um the panthers lose 23 to 10 to the broncos does anybody have any idea what the fuck is wrong with russell wilson he literally looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the nfl um there was a one of his defensive linemen were barking at him and just going down his throat 
I, I've never seen anybody do that to Russell Wilson, and he just ate it like a little baby back bitch, bro. He had nothing to say. Uh, do we have any comments on Russell Wilson? Jason, I'll let you go first. I, I Comments? I don't know what the hell's going on with this guy. I don't know if he's going through a Brady-type situation at home. I don't understand what it is. Oh. All I know is that I can tell you for a fact that is the only thing that can make a guy play the way Russell or Brady have been playing recently. So if that's what it is, I'm not going to assume, A, he gets a pass from me. Um, <laughs> it, it, maybe it could be the coaching, too. We got a first-time head coach. A lot of people say that he's not really the in control of good. the offense. They have weapons, clearly. A couple health issues worse than us, you know, uh, but or just as bad as us, I should say. But, um, yes, they do have weapons. and. Slime, you still there? And I, I you know, I, oh, I, I don't know, but it's a shitty situation for Denver. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, slime. I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, no. To, to piggyback on on the comments of the D lineman, I've never seen that. Yeah, not there's a comment. Yeah, to any quarterback, any QB. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen a defensive player come to his own quarterback and talk shit. That was just surprising enough to me. And and just watching how he just commands no energy or attention from his team is just. It sucks. You know, this is exactly what supposedly was happening in Seattle. And that's kind of why he, they pushed him out and he came to Denver. They paid him all this money. And I, I, I don't know. The guy's just not seeing it. I don't think it's a health issue because they just show you the drops of the place and they show you who's open and where they're at. He's just not looking. He's he's yeah. focusing on his first read. And the first read is always the worst one for him, it seems like, because he's not getting the ball downfield. It just looks like such a stagnant offense. Dude only threw for 140 yards last game. Like, what on 35 passes like what <laughs> you know what i'm saying so this is not the russell wilson we're used to and i i just i i honestly have no i don't know this is just something that's just unforeseen like we've obviously seen his decline in years past like obviously he hasn't been the same as he was three four years ago but to see this kind of football being played it's just just got awful man i i don't i don't know i think i saw a stat i don't know if i already mentioned this once but if the broncos have only if they were to score 18 points a game only they'd be eight and three right now instead of yeah. three and eight so yeah. that's just that's just bonkers to me and yeah. and i do think it starts with the head coach you know and the, and the way that they're scheming him this guy got so much credit for being aaron Rodgers' guru but aaron Rodgers is gonna aaron Rodgers, dog that's that's that should be no credit anymore we learned that lesson with gase so i think that you know it's it's bullshit and they need to figure it out soon if not you can't you can't have another year of this kind of offense being played it's just it's not gonna work yeah it's How so about bad that the comment section is going crazy. Nobody yeah. is on board with Russell Wilson. They all think he fucking sucks. And uh, Slime, you made a good point, like kind of like his his relationships in Seattle. Um, Breaking news. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Kansas City and Denver game has been flexed out of Sunday night football in Miami, and the Chargers are in. Oh. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, I like it. God. Herbert, Tua, Sunday Herbert night football. Herbert versus Tua, five versus oh, six. Man. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking Crazy go. Thank you, man, Gerard, for that update. Crazy, thank nice. you. But um, yeah, man, it's it's crazy what's going on with uh, Russell Wilson. And you you made a good point, Slime. It's like sometimes his players are open. I remember there was freeze frames a couple weeks ago, some of the games that he was playing, where uh, literally guys are wide open for the winning touchdowns, and he's just not seeing it, dude. It's uh, it, it's really bad. Um, I got no answers for it. It seems like none of us have answers for it. Um, it looks like with the chassis chain backfired. Uh, Russell Wilson's blind. <laughs> uh, legally, P.O.P., <laughs> hold it down. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson sucks ass. 
seems like the verdict out and the verdict is out. And with that said, I want to transition to a team. Granted, they lost this past week. The fucking Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson leaves. They plug him in with the journeyman, Geno Smith, who is just having a phenomenal season. How crazy is that? Is it fair to say that maybe Russell Wilson was a product of that team? Jason? A product of that system, I think you you could you could say I think that's fair to say, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, he's proving it now, even more so. It's it's more accurate. I think that's a that's a a, a decent debate uh, and argument aside to take because look at what he's doing right now, and then look at like you said, a journey. I wouldn't even call him a journey man. I would just call him a guy off the street, Geno Smith. You know, <laughs> and and like they're they're at to- they're playing very good. So uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's a fair argument to make, and it's probably the most credible one that. I, I've heard to date, you know, because there's really no explanation as to how this guy has fallen from grace so much. It's like, what the is he Icarus? What the hell was he flying so close to the sun for? You know, so I, I don't know. They got to figure it out. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I, don't, I don't think to, to to piggyback on that. I don't think he's a product of Seattle because honestly, like they were lacking a run game, and now Seattle has one again with Kenneth Walker, and it just shows how much better the offense can be when you have a solid running game. And I think that's been a key factor. All the pressure is not necessarily on Geno Smith because he can rely on his running backs and his sure. and that run game that they have. So I think that just kind of opens up the floor to give Geno more opportunity to do play actions and stuff like that, and just you know not make mistakes. That's the key. Just don't fuck up, and you know your offense should be more than successful so i think that's what geno smith has been proving and dude that guy's got some zip on his arm i don't know if you guys have been watching some of his throws but geno's got a fucking cannon bro so he's 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 extending the plays down the field he, he's doing great and i have no doubt in my mind he's gonna win comeback player of the year for sure for sure geno yeah. is definitely in a better situation with seattle this year than russell was in the previous year Yes. Yeah. Um, if we're not going to say he's a product of Seattle, um, I think we could all agree here that uh, we need to give um, what's his name? What's the name of the head coach? In Seattle. Daniel Hackett. Oh, no. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Pete we got to give him a lot more credit than even though he's been given credit before. But he's just doing an amazing job and Geno's having a great year. But yeah. um, all right. We're going to move on from that. Another game. Uh, we spoke about this a lot last week. Uh, Zach Wilson. We just couldn't fucking believe the gall and the audacity of him after throwing something like nine yards in the whole second half. They asked him, uh, do you feel like you let your team down? Uh, He said no. And we all said that it's just crazy. We couldn't believe it. He lost the locker room. Um, He's going to have no respect from his teammates. Sure enough, he gets benched. They put in uh, Mike White, goes 22-28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. They beat the Chicago Bears 31-10. to With that said, Slime, I'm coming to you first. Do you think we see Zach Wilson again for the rest of the year, barring injury? Um, this is exactly what happened last year. Mike White came in for a game, had a phenomenal game because nobody knew what they were looking at. And then he, then he sucked a couple weeks afterwards, you know, it's just the way, and I think that's the way it's going to go again. I think they got hot at the right time. Um, they played a bears team without Justin Fields, which is obviously their entire offense. And, and like we've been talking about our show, good teams beat bad teams. They have a great defense and that team did, did their thing. I don't know who the fuck Zonovan Knight is, but he was their starting running back. He had 70 yards. They had Ty Johnson, another running back I've never heard of for their team, had 60 yards rushing. And uh, 
my man Garrett Wilson. You know, I have to start him this week with DeAndre Hopkins out. So we'll so we'll see we'll see uh, how my fantasy team does without him because they finally showed him some love, showed the guy his talent. You know, it's clearly something Zach Wilson's not looking for while he's playing quarterback. So to answer your question. I don't think it's going to be for the rest of the season because I think that Mike White is going to end up having Mike White games. And the reason why he's a backup is going to show and he's going to end up failing and they're going to try some different options to keep themselves in the playoff hunt. And Zach Wilson will be back. There you go. Shout out to Ty Johnson, who's actually a Terp. So shout out to the Maryland Terps. Um, Jason, I'll bring the same question to you. Um, do you think it's going to be the Mike the Mike Wilson show going forward? Or is it Mike Mike White? Is it going to be the Mike, Mike White. White show going forward? Or does Zach Wilson make a comeback and get in this starting lineup and get, get his team back? I think the Jets are going to play the hot hand. Whoever has the hot hand that week, that's who they're going to play. If Mike White goes in this week and he shits the bed, uh, which I don't expect that's going to happen, then they'll probably switch over and during the practice week back to Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson plays good, then he'll get it for a couple weeks. They're just going to play whoever the hot hand is. Whoever it doesn't turn the ball over, whoever moves the offense and allows the defense to do what Robert Sala wants that defense to do, which is put pressure on the quarterback and cause takeaways and and, and four down uh, punts and stuff like that, then that's who's going to be running the offense. But I think we will see Mike White uh, under center for the New York Jets again this year but uh on the text line we have a very uh interesting text that popped up will we see Zach Wilson in a Jets uniform longer than just this year I think that's a, a serious debate that could be had going forward because if it's a bust who see who knows what's going to happen yeah that's man. crazy you, you had two second overall picks at QB and both of them ended up shitting the bed for you with Darnold and Wilson that's just no bad luck but I'm happy it's them. Fuck yeah, the Jets, though. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, let's let's hope now because um that new regime they're hitting their fucking draft picks, man. They so are. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they don't land on a quarterback. But I think it's gonna be interesting, man. So we're all in consensus that uh Mike White has a very short leash. Can we we all agree into that? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, man. So that's going to wrap up our NFL talk for this week. Um, that was so much fun, man, to the live audience oh, yeah. that, that tuned in, uh, made those calls, gave us so, those questions. Um, like Slime always says, bro, um, when you guys call, it makes the show so much better. And when you guys interact with us, uh, we love it. But um, the phone line is still open. Um, I'll drop a new link in there so that if there's anyone listening live that wants to join the show and ask a question or just uh, give their take on anything, feel free to call. Um, the link is there in the comments. And while you guys sit on that, I will now pass it to Slime for everybody's favorite segment, Drink of the Night. Yeah, I got to get a mini fridge in here because with these folks chatting us up for 42 minutes, I'll bet it's been so fun. My beer has gotten warm. So, uh <laughs> Here we go. So we're finalizing the road of the ranch water. This is the last Dos Equis ranch water from the combo pack that we had. And we are trying their spicy grapefruit this week. This is the one I've been dreading to try because I hate spicy beverages. I don't understand why there's an infatuation with having a spicy drink. Spiciness goes on food, not in your beverages. Sorry, that's just my take. But here we go. We're trying the Dos Equis ranch water spicy grapefruit. Uh, how, how many more flavors are there after this one? This is the last one. This is it. Oh, okay. This is it. This yeah, is it. Yeah, so we're done. I'm going back to craft beer next episode. <laughs> I already got a bunch lined up. So no worries. This is the end of the ranch water spicy grapefruit. So without any further ado, let's have that first sip. Nice. I'm parched too. It smells weird. It smells like bad grapefruit, which is not good. That's not good. 
One more time. <laughs> Are we finishing it? Are we drinking the whole thing? How are we looking? It doesn't taste spicy. Um, oh, I see there now. There's like a little, <laughs> little pepper, peppery effect there at the end. Um, not a fan. Not a fan. I don't, again, don't like drinks that make me more thirsty. I feel like it, I feel like the pepper is kind of like, you know, and it's not a fan. Not going to drink the rest of this. Just a heads up, y'all. But uh, So don't recommend this one. The lime, the mango was amazing. But the spicy grapefruit, not a fan. Blood orange was also good. Uh, but definitely Which was your favorite? Spicy grapefruit. Uh, I'm going to go with the mango. The mango had to be my favorite one. Uh, it was crisp. It wasn't too sweet. Um, and I could definitely pound seven to 19 of them at the, at the pool. So, Jesus. Uh, but this, but this the spicy grapefruit, not a fan. So, uh, Somebody's you can, panties are coming off. Yeah, you, you leave a lot of room for there for a really good time, bro. Seven to 19. There's a lot that can happen. No other way, bro. It depends how good the pool day is, how good the music is. Uh, but yeah, so that's your, uh, that's your drink of the night. Spicy grapefruit. Yeah, I'm going to post uh, on our Instagram feed the box set of everything we try so you guys can take a look as well. Uh, so three out of four, not a bad box. Highly recommend the Ranch Waters. Nice. Just give the spicy grapefruits to people you don't like. So there you go. <laughs> That's our drink of the night. All right, boys. Uh, let's move on Salud. to a little bit of FIFA World Cup talk, man. The USA advance for the first time in how many years? Does anybody have a stat check for me? Eight years. Eight years. So the first time in eight years, they advanced to the round of 16, the elimination round. We beat we beat Iran. And we got a 1-0 victory by uh, Captain America, The Captain what they America. seem to be calling him, Christian Pulisic. Oh, what an amazing goal. Uh, this team, man, uh, almost gave me a couple heart attacks. They definitely gave me some gray hairs. Slime said he was, what, heaving over there? Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. Um, initial takeaway from the... USA World Cup victory. Slime, you're repping the hat. I'll go to you first. <laughs> uh, I think our captain, Tyler Adams, man, I think he showed out. I think he played an amazing soccer game on both ends of the field. He was incredible on defense, pushing. The guy had all the stamina in the world. When everybody on the team looked like they were lagging, he was showing up and showing out. Um, again, another dominant first half. I feel like we're, we're the type of team that comes in in the first half and crushes it. And then the second half, we play scared as shit for some reason. Um, well, I know why this reason. We don't want them to score a goal so we can advance. But I just I just don't like that style of play. And I, and I think it really could have bit us in the ass a few times at the end there. But Tyler Adams showed out, you know, big takeaway. He did very well. Um, Christian Pulisic, obviously, just an amazing factor on offense. Like the, one of the only guys that could probably make that goal on our team for sure. The way that that ball was placed and the way that the goal was scored. Prayers up to him. They called it a pelvic contusion that he has right now. He got he got hit uh, in the abdomen groin area uh, by the Iran goalkeeper, uh, and they're calling it a pelvic contusion. So hopefully it's something they could spray some stuff, inject them with something, and get them going up for the knockout game versus Netherlands on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So I'm excited. Team played good. They show that they can compete with the best of them with the tie versus England on Friday, which was incredible. None of us saw that coming. Um, maybe Jason, I think, did. He had us winning the game, I think, something like that. But uh, but that's a win in my book uh, against one of the teams that are clearly the most dominant in the tournament so far. They put up another four-piece on, on Wales today. Um, so I, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if England makes it to the finals. And we kept them to zero points. And that's something amazing and something to be proud of as the USA, that we can hang with the best of them. So shout out to Tyler Adams. He was my player of the game. And uh, I, I think that, you know, against Netherlands, who's – Obviously a great team, but still not one of the better Netherlands teams that we've seen in past World Cups. So I think there's still a chance for us to even advance to the round of eight. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Definitely a moral victory. 
um, tying with England, then a great victory today. Um, a draw or a loss would have eliminated us. We got the dub. We advanced to the next round. And one thing you said, uh, Christian Pulisic, probably the only player that could have made that goal. I'm going to double down on that. Christian Pulisic is the only player that can make that goal. <laughs> After what we saw today and all the opportunities that were missed, dear God, there's nobody on this team that could fucking get the ball in the net. And it's just... Uh, it was so frustrating to watch how just the lack of like skill that these they're forwards, right? Yeah. The lack of skill that these forwards have. <laughs> yeah, bro. These guys just they, they can't make plays. And uh we snuck out by the skin of our teeth, bro. It was just a, a crazy game. Great game, great victory for the country. Um, and like we said, the first time that we make it to the World Cup in eight years, for us to get to the round of sixteen is just a, a good win and it shows that we're on the right track. Um, Jason, uh, takeaway from the USA's victory over Iran today. I mean, uh, I think it was after the England game, Alexi Lalas post game. He says, you know, he's a super have... homer. Sorry. Yeah. No, but, but he made it. He, he is a super homer and I love him. Okay. He's fantastic. But don't you say anything bad about Alexi Lalas. All right. That is our treasure. Um, but he made a very, very, very good point where he said, and it reminded me of when Rick Pitino was coaching the Boston Celtics. And he said, you know, Larry Bird isn't walking through that door. And he, and basically Alexi Lalas says another goal scorer isn't in that that locker room we only have Pulisic so they're going to have to find a way to do it like you know by committee basically and whether it's Wea or whoever it is coming off the bench uh uh Gio uh Reyna something like they gotta do something to get somebody to score goals I will say this set pieces and Christian Pulisic I have not been impressed in the England game maybe a little but overall throughout this tournament Two goals in three games for the USA, that's not going to cut it, man. We have to do so much better than that. We have to put pressure. We have to score goals. And, you know, you're not getting another goal scorer coming out of that locker room. So they're going to have to figure something out. And I think the nation needs to start praying for Pulisic's uh, little pelvic whatever's going on over there. Apparently there was an alert that said that he's going that he said he's good to go for Saturday. I'll let you keep it. I imagine. Take. I mean he's got enough time to to do that. Last thing, what a nickname, Captain America, right? Awesome. I mean, that's awesome. such a good different nickname. I love it. I love it. But yeah, yeah, that's it. I think uh, I really like our team. We're young, we're exciting, they show promise. But we need another goal scorer. We need somebody who can be opposite of Pulisic that can put that pressure. Yeah, it's it's and, crazy that the opportunities are there. Go ahead, Slam. No, yeah. well, I was just gonna say, like, like this is this is a test run for this team, right? This is the first time this team's coming together. Um, that that Burrowhalter has put together for this you know World Cup, and they weren't expected to get this far. They were expected to show that they can compete, sure, but you know they had us in third, even fourth place in our own division coming out of this tournament. So this is a fucking win for us. Now oh, yeah. this is shaping up everything for 2026. We're it's a home court. Uh, well, home court, home pitch uh, tournament next time around. And this is where these guys are learning everything now. They're going to play against an amazing Netherlands team. Well, a good Netherlands team and just good competition and learn what it takes to come next World Cup and show what they got to do to really fucking bust ass and show that they're a team to be scared of in the World Cup. And That's if they go experience. fuck around and beat the Netherlands, you know, and then get into that into that elite eight and they can and possibly get close to winning there. That's just tons and tons and tons oh, of experience and exposure against the best players in the world and that's just gonna make us such an amazing roster come 2026 with all this young cast all gonna be in their prime prime of their careers and it's gonna be just a fucking fun world cup to watch so 
heads up if we don't win this Saturday. You, we did our thing, guys. We did our thing. Well, obviously, we all want to win, but this is just shaping up the future, and the future is mighty, mighty bright for the Team USA. So definitely. get excited, y'all. I want to keep up this conversation. <laughs> I definitely want to keep the conversation going, but real quick, we got a question coming in on the on the text machine. Uh, Jason, this one's for you. New mom question. Is Jacob watching the World Cup? Is it making him excited about soccer? Don't lie for that little boy now. <laughs> I actually told him, come watch the game with me. He said, no, I don't want to watch that. I said, you play soccer. I play soccer. I don't want to watch soccer. I was like, all right, <laughs> fair enough, dude. <laughs> so I did there try to go. get him to watch it, but it was a no-go. There you go. The text machine is saying, fuck soccer. He's going to be a baseball player. <laughs> yeah, that well, I did we, get him to start watching with me. That go. I did. We got another about. comment that came in and said, Way had a good season in France, but nothing for the national team. Um, mm. Way had opportunities too, man. These guys just can't capitalize. We, Dude, I got a text from a friend today that said we should have been up four zip. Um, yeah. We just had so many missed opportunities. With that said, um, what is let's get let's go prediction time. Uh, Jason, we'll start with you first. So, uh, what do you see happening in this game against the Netherlands? Uh, give it to us. All right, be a homer if you want. Yeah, this is gonna uh, be it's gonna be a tough game. We're going to have to grit and grind. Just do it the good old American way. Put our heart and everything into it, and we're gonna come out of this fucking game two to nothing. And we'll see you in the round of motherfucking eight, baby, America. America. <laughs> I fucking love it, slime. It's all yours. Prediction time. Uh, I honestly do think that this Netherlands team isn't one of the better teams in this tournament. And I think that we can squeak out another 1-0 victory against them. And uh, Or, honestly, you never know, man. This is knockout time. We're going to penalty kicks. We're going, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fun. So I I honestly one to one and PKs, you know, I don't I don't want to be in that scenario against them. I feel like with the young guys that we have, uh, the nerves are going to be super high. And I think there's more chance of failure there. So I think that we can go one zip against Netherlands and take over and win this game. I don't foresee us miraculously scoring three or four goals in one game. Uh, not with this, not the way these guys have been playing. So uh, one zip USA beating the Netherlands. Let's do it. Yeah. Somebody's willing to join you on that one with the possibility of it going to uh, penalties. The text machine says, Jason, you got to take there. Yeah. Mrs. Ozzy made a great comment there. And she said she got into soccer watching the women's 94 team and me and ham. Yeah. And, and that's going to be a great lift to this nation. This game coming on Saturday, especially if we can pull it out. All those little kids are going to be watching that game early in the morning with their parents that are into soccer. This is going to be a big moment for the United States. You know, even if we come out in a loss, but it's a close loss where we lose, where it's like almost Moral heartbreaking. I, I think that that's going to be a big lift for this nation in regards to youth soccer and the talent that we produce. Well, Coach Carter action. I like yeah. it. <laughs> Getting some Mia Ham love on the text machine. <laughs> but uh, uh, in regards to uh, this game, uh, we have a question, another one on the text machine. It says, player that you think will mark the difference for the USA – Slime, I'll go to you on this one first. Who is going to be the difference maker? Let's not take the easy way out and go Christian Pulisic. Um, give me somebody else who you think is just going to make a difference. What is going to be? What is going to bend the needle for this game? What player is going to have that game? 
Honestly, I, I think it's going to be Brendan Aronson. Uh, he came off the bench. Uh, he's supposed to be a stud, the next coming of Felicic, a young kid that that can score and do his thing. Obviously, he had a couple chances, but again, they're bringing him off the bench, shaking off the nerves and, and being on the big stage. I think that if they can involve him early, that's going to be a big, big help for Felicic, and we can get some more goals on the board being the way that this kid can handle and shoot the ball. And I think that he's going to be our big difference maker if they – fucking ever decide to put Gio Reyna in the game, which doesn't look like it's going to ever happen. Um, the attacking midfielder that he is, um, I just, I don't see it. So being that Aronson's getting some love and Wea keeps fucking up the way he is and Sargent, same, same with him. Uh, even though Sargent pushed the ball a little more this game than he did last he did game. Good but, today. But, yeah. but, but, um, but I think that Aronson is going to be the difference uh, for USA and hopefully the kid can shine. All right, Jason, who is going to be the difference maker for Sunday's game, USA versus Netherlands? I really love our midfielders. I think we have great Me midfielders, too. but too, I, I I think that like Ozzy mentioned, and it's unfortunately uh, unfortunate that we're probably not going to see it. I want to see the seed of Claudio Reyna. I want to see him out there. I want to see him playing. I want to see him being the dynamic player that we know that he can be. Um, and I want to know if he's not out there, then why the hell not? Like what's, what's the gripe? Like what's going on? But um I'm not there. I'm not part of the coaching staff, so they must see something that we don't. Um, so I'm going to go with Ozzy's pick, Aronson. I think he was great coming uh, this game. He's been playing great, and they've been spotlighting him a lot in the uh, on the post-game and pre-game. pre-game. So, yeah, I think that he's going to be one of the players that we should look out for. All right, before we get out of this topic, I just want to piggyback on this comment, as we already have before, but just double down on it. Another one from the text machine. Our squad is young, but showing so much talent and resilience. We get our finishes on point, and we can contend with anyone. Big statement right there at the end. We can contend with anyone. It is a big take, but all those opportunities that we have left on the field – are we not in do we not agree do, do we not do we not agree with that take that if we can convert these fucking opportunities which don't look like they take fucking Ronaldo or Messi to make these fucking shots we can compete with anyone I, See, I, I, th- I think I think it does take players like that, though. I really? think it does. Yeah, because you're looking I, I look as a fringe fan. I'm watching these games and I'm seeing the players that I know. Right. The most famous players, your Ronaldo's and stuff like that. And I'm looking at Mbappe in France and I'm seeing these guys just playing out of their freaking mind. And the only guy Special. I see doing that for the U.S. is Pulisic. He's the only guy with that has that skill level who makes those runs that you're like, damn, if only he had just. One more guy that was half of the talent of those guys, we'd be dangerous. I agree. And we just don't have that. Okay. The only reason I disagree with you is because the opportunities that we have missed, they haven't come from like an individual player just taking over. They've been like wide open passes where you all you got to do is finish. You right. don't need to do the Mbappe or Ronaldo and take it the whole way and go one-on-one. You're getting the pass. You're getting the alley-oop the fucking ball but if 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 Pulisic gives that pass to Mbappe or Ronaldo or or, or yeah. freaking anybody are they gonna make it yeah, that's what I'm saying we we don't have but that don't and we need, need that player that, I think I don't think do, you need though. to be that great to just finish the fucking play they're giving it to you on a silver platter I feel and like we can. have so many silver platter goals that like come on uh slime I you're biting your tongue there 
Yeah, I, I just you guys got to realize with the competition we're playing against, right? We're playing against Iran. We're playing against we're not these gonna guys get are the bottom. We, we're not going to get those same opportunities yeah. against bigger teams. The big test is going to come this weekend, right? Yeah, against Netherlands, true. we're going to see. We're going to see if we can get those. Uh, it only takes one. It only takes one slip up for for somebody to break free and score a goal, right? You know, yeah. so it's it's it it just depends on how our counterplay works. But to, I do think we can compete. We obviously showed that what we can draw with England. You know, they were they smoked everyone else in our division by over three goals. They couldn't score on us. So that's a big testament to just how the USA plays in general. But when it comes to scoring opportunities, uh, we had so many against Iran, but I don't see that happening against all the other teams in this tournament past the round of 16, you know? So that's that's kind of where I just don't think we're there yet, especially not until, like Jason said, we get that other player that can complement Christian Pulisic and get that real number nine, that real striker to what come in and fucking mean? take over. What does that it's mean, the number nine? It's just the way the formation is set up. So he's okay. the top player up there. Not so true. if we if we can get if we can get him up there to somebody to just truly score for us and be that elite scorer and not have to put all the pressure on Christian Pulisic, then yes, that that makes us a huge huge contender. And a lot of people were thinking that Ricardo Pepe was going to be this kid that was going to do that, but he got left out of the the national team. Maybe we'll see him next time around. Who knows? Um, but you know, I just I, I think we're good. Like he said, we're we're resilient. We're good. Um, but we just need some time. That's why I think next World Cup is going to be the real show out for the United States. And, and because it's a home, a home World Cup, it's going to really take the nation by storm and get everyone behind this team, especially if we can beat Netherlands and get into the, the round of eight next round. That's just going to cement the hype and get everybody fucking going, because I know we're going to a game. We're going to watch. Even if we got to watch Senegal versus, our, you know, versus Porto, whoever, we're going to watch whoever play. And it's going to be fun. And the USA is going to show out next World Cup for sure. And let me tell you, I think that that, that secondary player is in high school right now. And in four <laughs> years, amazing. that player is going to be 21 years old. And he's going to be on that national team. And that's going to be the star that we'll be leaning on with Pulisic. I believe that, that whoever it is in this country, that guy is out there. And he's in high school right now. And he's going to watch this game on Saturday. And we're going to come out of there with a fucking victory. And he's going to be like, I'm playing USA soccer. <laughs> let's fucking go man uh, Sl uh jason has his way with getting you ready for the dolphins uh slime you gave me a goosebumps a couple times today big daddy <laughs> talking about the fucking usa team man USA. i love to hear it uh, before we get out of here uh one question on the text machine i'm not gonna let it go unanswered how much of the team plays in euro league i personally don't know i will fact check this for you but last week um, we thought that a majority of the team was like MLS players with the exception of a few, but our, our, our analyst says that a majority of the players do play in Euro League. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll take the time to fact check that and bring you guys a better answer next week, but, uh, we'll close it out with our FIFA talk. Um, let's get to the fact of the day, man. Let's have a little fun. We're going to roll with the fact of the day that he did what, and then we'll get you guys out of here. Slime. It's all yours. Fact of the day. All right. Did you guys know, you know, we're all avid coffee fans here. You know, son, when you stayed here, I saw you drink maybe four or five cups of coffee a day. Jason, I don't know. You're more of a Red Bull guy, but I know you drink your coffee. Straight black. Since, since Slime, yeah, among other things. Uh, so, uh, so I know Slime got me on the coffee drink. Now I'm a religious coffee drinker every morning. It seems Might like, I say, one of the better cafecito makers I know and the best person I know by golly, you give them a run for their money, baby. I love to hear it, man. That's beautiful. All right, but here we go. Fact of the day. Did you know that coffee was so important in Turkish culture that under 15th century law, women had the freedom to divorce their husband if he did not provide enough coffee in the household? Damn. Damn. That's wild. 
So you can just get divorced on just like that. <laughs> so let, me give you, let me give you some background. So coffee shops were open all around Constantinople and functioned as the center of people's gatherings, political debates, discussions, and critical thoughts. All around were cups of coffee. It became so deeply incorporated into Turkish culture that a law was created that any given woman had the freedom to divorce her husband if he did not provide her with the necessary amount of coffee. It might sound crazy, but any coffee lover would easily understand it. Look at that. That's wild. <laughs> I didn't do so, that. I can accept it, and I wish we still had those laws today. <laughs> thank, thank God we don't, because Liz would have got rid of me a long time ago, dude. Word. <laughs> All right, man. So there goes your fact of the day. Uh, let's move on and let's have a little fun. Um, if you guys waited this long, uh, appreciate all the live listeners that are out there, the ones that also joined the show and interacted with us. Uh, we know you waited for it. The time has arrived. It's now time for Ozzy's He Did What? He Did What? All right. This one's a doozy, boys and girls. Uh, so this week's He Did What is titled with the following. A man in Shanghai, China realized the long-handled, blunt-ended object he'd been using for 25 years to crack his walnuts was actually a live grenade. Holy shit. Say that again, dude. <laughs> a man in Shanghai, China, realized that the long-handled, blunt-ended object he'd been using for 25 years to crack walnuts was actually a live hand grenade. Holy shit, did it ever go off on it? <laughs> All right, here we go. A villager in China unknowingly used a hand grenade to crack walnuts for a quarter century, only realizing his potentially fatal mistake when he spotted the grenade on a government flyer. The man, whose surname is Ran, who lives in the Shanghai province, claimed that a friend gave him the grenade in the early 1980s. Not having any idea what it was, he used it to crack walnuts. The nutcracker in this case was a Chinese type 67 defensive hand grenade. The grenade is so called a stick grenade and is also known as a potato masher, invented by the German army in World War I. Stick grenades contain an explosive charge in one end of the weapon, and a pull string runs through the length of the handle and is concealed oh by a screw God. on the cap on the other end of the grenade. Pulling the string ignites the fuse, and the grenade is then thrown at the enemy. So Bro, this guy just happened to, this, he just happened to have a good pull or a good smack on that wanna. He would have blown himself and probably his whole house into smithereens. Mind you, 25 years using it to beat walnuts open and crack them open. That guy's so got your, some fucking luck, bro. <laughs> that's your he did what? <laughs> Holy smokes. All right, there you go. Uh, Jason, you fact-checking him on that one? You always got I'm looking. Nah, he's these. good to go, man. <laughs> bro, that guy escaped death for 25 years, man. That's insane. <laughs> no pun that's intended, nuts. but the text machine is saying, that is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right boys uh phenomenal show man i love you guys um this was so you, much man. fun we had a great episode another week we just rambled for over an hour uh, time's flying when you're having a good time uh thank going. you to all the audience Word. uh you got you guys held the show down today uh just a great time let's do it again next week i'm so excited uh but before we get to our close it is now time for the circle of slime spotlight moment of the night Jason, shine bright. All right. Like a diamond, baby. This week, I'm going to tell you guys this. Thank you for listening, and I'm going to give you a little bit of betting advice. All right? <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are one in three. They're one, three, and one against the spread, and they have to go into New England this week. So bet your money 
on New England. New England is going to come out and they're going to beat Buffalo. Other than that, keep watching, keep supporting, keep liking, and always remember, sharing is caring. See you guys next week. All right, slime, shine bright, baby. Spotlight's on you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, huge, huge game on Saturday, 10 a.m., USA versus Netherlands. Please tune in. Uh, show some hype, you know, this This is your country, you know, this is what it's all for right here, you know, we, we don't have the Olympics, but we have USA going on right now in the World Cup, and damn, we look good, and we can surprise a whole bunch of people, so please tune into that. Other than that, you guys are showing the fruits of fruition when you guys interact with us, you see how fun we can get, how we can answer your questions, who would have thought we would have called the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl contenders on a show if it wasn't for you guys chiming in, so thank you for that, and as always, subscribe, un- unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate, review, leave comments, I'm um, comment section was lit today, you know, it was so fun to read all these comments, I might have seen a lot of third eye references today, which was just hilarious, whispering eyes, <laughs> whispering eye Whoa. references, sorry, <laughs> even better. Uh, so There's please, the title of the show. Yes, there it yes, is. There yes. it is. The whispering. <laughs> uh, so, so thank you all for the support as usual, and uh, hopefully, again, we get to talk to you next week on the double victory uh, Monday Ooh. or Tuesday, depending how it plays out. And uh, love you guys, man. Thank you so much for the support. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're at, wherever you are, if you made us, the Circle of Slime, a part of your day, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we love you. It's me, your boy Skinny. Jazzy J and the one and only Ozzy fucking fresh. Peace out, everybody. Boy Jason getting real sexy.